We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson. Ball comes out of the hands of Newton. It's on the ground, picked up by T.J. Ward at the four-yard line. Vaughn Miller did it again. On Overtime Media. And we are good to go. Mile high. Uh, hello to everybody in Broncos country. Welcome into another episode of the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. I am your host, Lance Sanderson. And joining me, as per usual, is my good friend and colleague. <clears throat> he is Mile High Huddles, senior NFL draft analyst, the one and only Eric Trickle. And, dude, we have made it. We are finally here. The NFL season has officially kicked off with the Kansas City Chiefs losing a stunner of a game last night, to tell you the truth. Uh, despite being down Chris Jones, despite being down Travis Kelsey, they lose 21-20 to in their home field at Arrowhead to the upstart Detroit Lions. Man, how are you doing and how excited are you for what's going to come down here on Sunday? I mean, I'm excited. Football's back. I, I love this time of year. I mean, draft season's still my favorite season. Um, but yeah, I, I love the football season as well. I love getting to watch the Broncos. And just seeing what all is going to come of everything that we've been talking about for the past few months. Um, what we saw in the preseason, how much that's going to carry over. What new things are we going to see in the regular season? And we'll probably see some new things starting like a little bit this week and then more and more and more as the se- season goes on. Um, I'm excited. And of course, starting off with a Chiefs loss, even though they were without two of their best players, including their best defender. It's still nice to see a loss. I mean, everybody has to deal with those like that. And uh, one of them is a holdout and just pay the guy like really it's yeah. not that hard to pay the guy um but Kelsey, Kelsey being out with an injury like Bronco fans we know how that is to not have one of your better players or best players because of injury still nice to see I was glad for the Lions they're one of the teams that for years I've actually like rooted for just because mm-hmm. I felt so bad for them I like Dan Campbell as a coach and like just how much his players love him um so I was excited like football's back and it was a good game and a good way to start the season yeah, and I, I do want to say something, you know, like there is a human aspect of, of what goes on in a football game. And these guys are they're human beings for sure. Don't get me wrong. You know, like I don't necessarily wish well for the Chiefs in terms of the on-field product. I hope they lose every game they play. But you got to feel for Kadarius Tony, man. The the game that he had literally led to a 17-point swing in three drops. I mean, he had the, the drop that went through his hands for the, uh, the pick six. Uh, had another drop for a touchdown, another drop that would have been a first down that would have set up the game-winning field goal. So like to, to see the struggles of, of something like that, I've been going through some struggles of my own and to lose some confidence, it, it's nice to 
see someone else actually go through that. And I feel for the guy, like I feel bad for him um, and what was shown out there on the field last night, but the Broncos are off on a good foot here with a, with a division rival losing a a winnable game at home. So now it it may actually work out in the Broncos favor if they actually, uh, you know, bring the stuff that we think that they could bring to the field this season. Now, um, before we get into our great topic tonight, guys, we're going to be talking some key matchups. We've got, uh, I've got an offensive and defensive player for the Broncos. Uh, Eric does as well. We're going to break down how that is a, an advantage for the opposite team. We've got a couple of people we want to bring into the chat first. Uh, obviously, Papa Bear, David McElrath, jumping in here with the $5 super chat before we went live. So thank you, Papa Bear. And uh, we definitely appreciate your support saying good evening, Broncos country, Lance, Eric, Dylan, and Scott. Thanks for the Chiefs loss to Detroit. Hashtag 12 and 5, as he's been wont to say for a long time. Hashtag Buckham three times. Hashtag MHH for life. Hashtag DB4L. David, thank you, man. We appreciate that. Yes, um, thank you. And uh, I mean, yeah, as we were saying, it's like Chiefs lose. Always a great start for it. Um, I hope for 12 and 5. I still don't see 12 and 5. I still think about 10 wins is the max, but we'll see. It's going to be a, it's going to be a fun, enjoyable season. And not a fun, enjoyable season like last year where it was just like the world's best comedy on the football field from Broncos football. It should actually be like good football that we're going to be seeing this year. Yeah, absolutely. Gary Palmer just jumped in here with a $10 super. Gary, what's up, man? Thank you for joining us. He says, hey, Lance, Eric, uh, Dylan, and Scott. Uh, No Scott tonight. Dylan's behind the scenes running running some stuff in the chat moderation. So uh, no Scott. But Continuing here for Gary, I admit that I'm superstitious, but that Kansas City loss feels like a sign. I'll take it. Go Broncos and Buckham. I'm I'm not going to say it looks like a sign because there there is some context that needs to really be brought into everything. Uh, you get a pick six, the, the three drops from Tony, you're missing Travis Kelsey, you're missing Chris Jones, who, like Eric says, is their best defensive player. And if not for Aaron Donald, the best interior defensive lineman in the game. And I know, I know that uh, – Based on last season alone, when Chris Jones did not play, the, the Chiefs were 28th in EPA per play on the defensive side of the football. When he did play, they were top 12. So he is a very critical and crucial piece for that defense. So to not have him out there definitely um, was a big loss for that for that Chiefs team. And let's be honest here. I'm not sure what was going on with the Detroit Lions and, and how they were running that offense, not getting Jameer Gibbs nearly as involved as they uh, – they probably should have uh, David Montgomery at the running back position was just, I don't know. He was hit and miss very, very much. So in, in pass protection, especially down the stretch. Uh, so take it with a grain of salt here, understand that a loss is a loss, but there's still some context here. And um, it's a long season. I mean, only one for the Chiefs sucks, but there's, still the best team in the NFL as of right now, they are still the, the reigning Super Bowl champions. So let's see how this all plays out over the next 16 weeks. Yeah, I mean, and as you said, um, no Chris Jones. He's likely going to be back. Well, he has admitted that he will be back if they don't get a contract work figured out by the Broncos game. Um, and that's a huge piece. Every year, he just consistently just dominates up front against the Broncos. Um, hopefully this year with the improvements they've made, we can see it not be as big of a factor, but it still is. But we got a long time before we get, we get there. Um sad part of the football season is that there's always going to be injuries. The chiefs will likely deal with some injuries and knock on wood. The Broncos will be dealing on injury. Just not as many as last, last few years, I hope, but we got a couple other questions getting to this Raiders game. What we're here for to talk about David Young can come in and saying, everyone 
Evening, everyone. So Chandler Jones is not playing, so we double-team Crosby. They still got another guy, Tyree Wilson, one of the top mm-hmm. draft picks in the draft. I mean, and he really started putting things together as the preseason went on. And on top of that, last year, Max Crosby was the 11th most double-team edge defender and still dominated, whereas Chandler Jones was the third least, the third faced the third fewest double teams. Um, so Chandler Jones being out isn't going to mean a whole lot of extra double teams for Crosby because you still got to worry about Wilson and double teaming Crosby doesn't work out so well. But I have an article up that talks about Max Crosby, what he's done against the Broncos, and what he did in his one career, one game against the uh, Mike McGlinchey, where Mike McGlinchey essentially shut him down for the game. He still got like, I think Crosby ended up the game with like four or five pressures, no sacks, and only two of the pressures actually came up against Max Crosby. Or I mean, Mike McGlinchey, my bad. See Chan coming in saying, thinking that Jerry Judy will play on Sunday. It definitely seems to be trending in the right direction um, that he will play on Sunday. Uh, I still doubt it. I think week two is what they're going for. He still hasn't done uh, team activities yet, which is typically the key sign to have. Not doing team stuff today, typically a bad sign about his ability to, you know, to play the game in the following Sunday. Um, let's see here. See if there's any other comments here. Sorry, guys. I clearly just by myself for now. Um, Chiefs cheetah offensive line. They do. Um, actually, and this was a big thing that I noticed when I, I didn't watch the full game, but I watched, uh, a few things of it. And one of the things I always watch, no matter what team is playing, I always watch the offensive line play the right tackle. Jawan Taylor, he never fully sets. And technically in the NFL, you're supposed to fully set. You can't keep moving. And he sits there and constantly rocks. Um, I was surprised that the refs only called that once against him last night. Um, you, you got to be set. You can't be sitting there rocking like Jawan Taylor is. And it's definitely a issue with that. Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Denver Broncos. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, is there anybody in the secondary to worry about for the, um, for the Raiders? Um, yeah, Nate Hobbs. Um, this year Nate Hobbs, he's going to be playing. They want to be playing him in the slot a lot more than on the boundary, and so that's going to be for an interesting, you know, matchup there with mostly Marvin Mims. They'll probably go Brandon Johnson as, as the other boundary receiver. Marvin Mims inside when they go into three wide receiver sets. And then when they're not, I mean, Nate Hobbs, he's going to be playing on the boundary. Marcus Peters, he's been declining, but he's still a solid player there um, for them. I mean, he's not hes not getting the interceptions like he was last year. It was definitely an off year from him. Um, and cornerbacks, like typically when they start that decline, you don't see them typically spike back up. Um, so they definitely have some guys there that they have to be a threat. Um, uh, Trayvon Mulrig, he's a pretty decent safety though we're going to see how he's going to uh um see how he grows and develops um as a safety entering what year two or year three i can't remember off the top of my head and uh i don't have uh my co-host here to give me the time to google search that um anyways going on i mean our main topic tonight is going to be talking about what we see our favorable matchups for you know favorable matchups unfortunately for the raiders facing off against the broncos defense um or like which in this case, Hunter Renfro, he has a very favorable matchup for the uh, for the Raiders offense when it comes to facing Isang Basi at the in the slot. I mean, Hunter Renfro last year he barely played because of injury, and he's never really torn up the Broncos between in two games in his thousand yard season back in twenty twenty one. He only had a total of like seventy eight yards, I think, against the Broncos between two games, catching six passes on seven targets. But what he does as a receiver, where his best route running comes from, it's those crossers, it's those quick slants, it's the routes that Isang Basi has consistently struggled with. He did have a pretty solid preseason, got a couple of lucky interceptions, of being, in, and by lucky, I mean he's in the right place at the right time. But one, only one interception was a great play by him, and he was baiting a quarterback by giving up the underneath. Underneath, It was good situational football on his part. He baited the quarterback cheating his coverage against who he was actually supposed to cover in the flat, baited the quarterback to throw it a little bit deeper and was able to jump jump the route and go pick the ball off. Um, so using Hunter Renfro in a song bossy is a go, going to be a vital is going to be a critical matchup for the Broncos to defend against. Um, and unlike we saw in the preseason, Jimmy Garoppolo, I have a lot of issues with him as a quarterback, but he's a smart enough quarterback to see when he's being baited most of the time. And not fall for the bait. Uh, Lance, good to have you back. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. My, uh, yeah, I, uh, internet just died for some reason. No idea what happened. Had to go reset the router and everything. I do apologize for that, everybody. That's a very unprofessional look on my end. And I I, I do apologize for everybody here. Eric, um, technical mistakes happen. Technical yeah. issues happen. Yeah, it, it, it is what it is. Uh, so where were you at in our discussion here? Uh, I, what, I haven't obviously been able to hear what you were talking about. Just uh, I was where were we at? Talking about Hunter Renfro against Bossy. Um, okay. I'm going to let you counter about that. For me, that's, you know, 
when looking at the Raiders offense, that's their most favorable matchup they have. Is there another favorable matchup that you think is more in their favor than that one? Well, um, more in favor than that, probably not. Uh, but the, the one that I really want to kind of highlight here is that just the issues that we saw with Pat Sertan against Devontae Adams last season. Uh, and while the first game against the Raiders, Pat Sertan played a really, really nice game. Devontae Adams tagged him in that second game, specifically on that that late game. I believe it was an overtime touchdown pass that he caught uh, where it was like a pseudo crossing route. He broke it back off to the corner, wide open for a touchdown. Uh, it's Devontae Adams, man. We're talking about a guy that's 400 yards away from having 10,000 career uh, receiving yards, 10-year veteran in the NFL, arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL, a three-time All-Pro uh, member, a six-time Pro Bowler, a guy that's led the league in touchdown receptions two different seasons like this is a hall of fame resume we're talking about here and don't get me wrong this is not to say anything bad against uh pat sertan by any stretch of the imagination but you you got to worry about Devonte adams every time that the raiders are on the field and it, it, it's jimmy garoppolo and not Derek carr we don't know what that um that dynamic looks like right now but i would push back that the key matchup that you always have to watch is what Devonte Adams does. Like I said, one of the top, if he's top three wide receiver in the NFL right now, if, and he's definitely not number three. Yeah. I mean, I think that Devonte Adams, he's going to get his, it's one of those mm -hmm. things where you're not, you're not going to shut him down. You're not going to keep him to zero catches um, or in, on multiple targets. He's going to get mm -hmm. his, but Patrick Chetan's going to get his too. Like, it's not going to be like, I don't think it's going to be a dominating game from Adams but I don't think it's going to be a dominating for Pastor Chan. It's going to be an excellent battle to watch. It's definitely mm -hmm. one of the best matchups in this game. Like when talking just pure skill against skill, they match up so well against each other. And, you know, Patrick Sertan entering year three, he, he's smarter. He's more grown in the game. Like the same thing that he bit on last year, he's not going to bite on those this year. I mean, he even talked right. about it. I think after that game about how he's going to go spend time in the film room, watch, and watching clues and keys from Devonte Adams to see what's coming, it's just that thing that he's going to do to just consistently grow. Um, but yeah, I mean they have a lot of weapon, like they have a surprisingly amount of decent weapons on their mm -hmm. offense. Yeah. Um, but Hunter Renfro, I think, really goes under the radar a little bit, um, and especially with for a Josh McDaniels type offense, yeah. we've seen it. We've seen how much he loves that slot receiver and how big they are um, in it. Last year, obviously derailed by injuries, but. I mean, I think that uh, Renfro is going to be in for a good season as long as he can stay healthy. And they have some decent other receivers, too. They brought in Jacoby Myers, yeah, um, who's a pretty solid guy as well. That's going to be a pretty interesting matchup there with Damari Mathis. And yep. then, of course, Josh Jacobs in the backfield. And then the tight ends that they brought in, um, Austin Hooper, but more so Michael Mayer, the, mm -hmm. the, the rookie they brought in. Very interesting offense, but I think that the Broncos overall match up extremely well against the unit. I, I do as well. And I'm going to go back to something uh, to a guy that you just mentioned, the rookie Michael Mayer. Everyone said he's one of the best tight end prospects we've seen. And I, I, it's hard to argue that this dude is a great route runner. He's very polished, uh, has a great catch radius, is a very good blocker. Uh, getting him lined up one on one against a guy like Josie Jewell. And not to say that Jewell can't hang and bang with him. He's a veteran. He knows how to to put himself in the right positions here but that's going to be another matchup to watch here especially over the middle of the field uh, like there there were people calling michael mayer baby gronkowski when he was coming out of notre, notre dame so that's a I, I i disagree with that that my my personal opinion on that i i think he's more jason witten than he is uh rob gronkowski because he's not quite the explosive athlete that gronkowski was 
But at the same time, you're talking about a team in the Denver Broncos that have struggled to cover tight ends for years. It's been a long time since Al Wilson and DJ uh, DJ Williams run the middle of the defense. It's been a long time since Brandon uh, Brandon Marshall and uh, Danny Trevathan run the interior of this uh, this defense. So. The, these two linebackers the Broncos have in Jewel and Alex Singleton, they're going to have their work cut out with a guy like a Michael Mayer over the middle of the field. Now, switching things up here, going to grab some comments from the chat. John Juno comes in saying, do you guys think Max Crosby lines up more against Bulls or McGlinchey? Um, Outside of his rookie season, Max Crosby lines up to the offensive right over 95% of the time. He very rarely switches side. And this is something... This is a big myth that a lot of fans have, and even analysts have. I know I've talked about it. Oh, this guy can flip sides, and you can use him in this way. You don't have it. You don't see that, Not especially from star players. Think of Von Miller. I mean, yeah, you saw him switch to the other side every now and then, but it wasn't 50-50. It was pretty much 90-plus percent versus sub-10 percent. DeMarcus Ware. Like, these star edge rushers, they have their side, and there's multiple reasons for it. Um, DeMarcus Ware spoke about it a lot. One thing that he would do is he would use a move, and this was a big one against Joe Staley. You know how he sold that out. He faked the spin and then cut back inside. He set that up by spinning a few times prior to that. Mm -hmm. They set up moves, and you can't set up moves if you're switching sides constantly. Mm -hmm. Max Crosby, he'll go against Mike McGlinchey at least 90% of the time and mm -hmm. probably well over 95% of the time. They just don't switch sides. Terry Wilson's going to be going against Bulls. Which is going to be a fun matchup. That's going to be Bulls does typically typically does better against power than speed, and Terry Wilson is more of a power rusher than anything else. Right, and just to kind of piggyback off that and bring you some statistics here on, on in terms of what Max Crosby was uh, actually doing just this last season, I believe uh, my, now my phone's not pulling it up. We we talked about this earlier, Eric and I did um, earlier today. Uh, Max Crosby played, I believe, it was like one thousand and eighty two snaps last season. Um, and 1,038 of them or something. I, I don't remember the exact 1, number. Okay. Yeah, so 1,038 of those uh, came on the right side. 95.6% of the time, Max Crosby is going to be going on the right side of the offensive line, so the left defensive end spot. Like Eric said, these guys, they don't like to move. It's, it, I, I, think, I think it was Carl that was talking about it as, as well talking about the offensive line guys that play on like left tackle that everyone's like oh he can switch over to play the, the right tackle spot and help shore that up we'll draft another left tackle right guard left guard same difference here you're talking it's like wiping your butt with your opposite hand it, it's it's just a very uncomfortable situation these guys have their preferred sides and they're going to stick to those preferred sides pretty much the their entire career with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And a lot of it can deal with some of them are 
honestly, some of them are explosive using that right foot as their spring foot compared to their left foot. So that will see them dictate what side they're playing on. There, there's a lot that goes into it. Mm-hmm. And it's not as simple. Like, sure, they can switch sides. But outside of depth, guys, you don't really see it. Or situational pass rushers. You just don't really see it. Phil McLaughlin coming in saying, good evening, Eric and Lance. What do you guys think will be the snap count spread with the running backs? Um, I think Samaj P. Ryan is going to have the most snaps. Um, Javante Williams will be second, and then Julian McLaughlin, probably around five to ten snaps total. Um, They talked about it. They kind of want to keep Williams on a snap count a little bit um, and just like slowly ease the workload back onto him. And so, so I think that P Ryan will have the the highest snap count there. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. It's going to be something like a, a 50% snap count to uh, to uh, Samaj P Ryan, 40% for uh, Javante Williams as he still recovers from that ACL injury uh, suffered from last season, and then Jaleel McLaughlin. I think they're going to have. Uh, more a more specialized package for him, you know, five five touches maybe in in the game, probably I don't know, ten percent of the snaps, something like that. It's not going to be a, a big workload for them. But I, Eric and I talked about bold predictions uh, right before the beginning of training camp, um, and one that I had, that I had thrown out there was that the Broncos were going to have a pair of thousand yard receivers. Knowing what we know now that's going to be completely a different direction here. They're going to have a pair of thousand yard running backs in Samaj P Ryan and uh, Javante Williams, because these guys want to run the football. They absolutely want to dictate their, their game based on the running game. And they're, they're going to pound the rock. It's only happened seven times since 1970 with the last time happening with Lamar Jackson, actually a quarterback and Mark Ingram with the Baltimore Ravens in 2019. Before that, it was 10 years before that with Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams in, uh, in Carolina. It's a very rare thing, but I think the Broncos with the way that they're going to try to run the football and dictate what the, the, the defense is doing based on the running game. There's a very good possibility that we could be pushing towards that. Is it likely? No, I, I don't think historically the, the, uh, the precedent is not there, but as a bold prediction, absolutely. I think with the, with the workload these guys are going to get and their ability on the field, you could absolutely see both of these guys touch a thousand this year. Yeah, moving on real quick. This can open up the conversation we have with your favorable matchup for the Raiders defense. Um, Ashish? Ashish? I am not convinced with our wide receiver depth, really, with Judy out. Mims, Brandon are rookies. Um, Brandon Joseph is entering year two. Um, and Sutton is no Justin Jefferson either. No one's Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson's a one of a type, one of a kind receiver. Um, he's literally he's one of the top three receivers in there in the NFL. Like he's so ridiculously he's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I was gonna say, he's not number two or number three either. Uh, just absolutely ridiculously, ridiculously talented. Um, but I understand where you're coming from. I'm not overly sold on depth, but this is. A, but we know that the Broncos are going to be a run-heavy team. We've known this for months now. One of the first things Sean Payton said is that we're going to emphasize the run. We're going to be a running offense, a lot of power run. You know, there's going to be a lot of heavy sets. He kind of hinted at it when talking about the roster makeup and why they kept so many tight ends. Got to have those extra blockers in there Mm -hmm. for the running game. I think that we're going to see, and compared to the rest of the NFL especially, a much higher usage of two and three tight end sets because of this. Um, plus they're going to call up to probably at least one receiver off the practice squad for the game, um, to help out a little bit with the depth, but it's not going to be a pass heavy game or pass heavy offense, especially with the wide receivers, um, this year. Um, 
never really was. I mean, that's why there was a big, all that talk about Cortland Sutton being traded. They were having conversations about trading Sutton up until the moment Tim Patrick got hurt mm -hmm. because of the way that they're planning for the offense. So I get where yep. you're coming from. I'm not really sold on it, but the way this offense is should help cover up, you know, the issues that they have with the depth. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, last I knew, Jerry Judy uh, was actually, I, I believe, I, I actually pulled that up just now. Let me let me get it back here again. Uh, he's listed as questionable. I, I don't know if he's actually going to play on Sunday, but being out there in practice last couple of days, according to Mike Kliss uh, from Nine News, uh, Denver Broncos insider, he said that Jerry Judy actually looked good, was in full pads there on uh, on Wednesday, I believe on Thursday as well. Running routes was out there again today. So uh, during the but he hasn't been participating of, in team drills, right? And that's that's the that's the thing. So we don't know exactly what his status is going to be, and we won't know that until about noon on Sunday. So kind of keep that in your hat. And this actually ties in so nicely with. Uh, with what I want to bring here for the, the favorable defensive matchup for the Las Vegas Raiders in Nate Hobbs versus Marvin Mims. Uh, Nate Hobbs, Eric, correct me if I'm wrong here, was one of the players that you didn't actually get a chance to really scout and was one of the bigger reaches in the draft, according to you a couple of years ago. Am, am I right on that? Or is I that believe, a, a, a different? So. Yeah, I, I believe I, so. like, I don't remember even where he came from, but everyone's like, who's Nate Hobbs? Nobody knew who he was. He was like a fourth round pick for the Raiders a, a, a couple of seasons ago. This dude has transformed himself into one of the best nickel cornerbacks in the NFL. This dude's phenomenal. He's twitchy. He's explosive. Got good length, really good technique. And he's coming out here against Marvin Mims, a rookie who I like his route running. I, I know that he likes his route running. Just ask him. He'll tell you he was the best route runner in the NFL draft this season. He's also got a lot of speed, but Nate Hobbs is a, a savvy veteran guy, plays physically at the at the point of the catch. He's a guy that this is not a very favorable matchup for the Broncos. And with Jerry Judy not being the guy operating in the slot specifically against a guy like Nate Hobbs, this is a big, big win for the Raiders if Jerry Judy does not play it. Yeah, real quick, guys. If you guys are giving stars I am, and I'm missing them, I apologize for that. We do not have Scott in the background, and Facebook for me is not working, so I cannot go there and grab them. Um, so if you're donating stars, I apologize. We cannot see those on our stream service that we use. Um, but just know that we appreciate you. I'm trying to grab Facebook comments um, sp specifically because of that ability. And obviously we can see when Super Jets come in. Uh, but before I get into Nate Hobbs here, Dan uh, Wilkett comes in. I really do think the O-line is built to run. However, pass protection is still in the air. If they just take the run, I think this O-line can produce eight yards per carry. Um I'm not sure eight yards per carry. Oh, that's cool. a that, that, that's a that's a high number, but I think they can I think they can edge yeah, out like four point five to five yards per carry. Um, mm -hmm. They're they're built to run. Ben Powers, great run blocker, um, not showing up in pass protection, which he did actually pretty well there in Baltimore in true pass blocking sets. I know a lot of people want to talk about the scheme that they run there in Baltimore, but true block um, pass blocking sets are something of their own thing. There's certain things for it, and he did extremely well there for them. Just didn't carry over into the preseason, and hopefully we see improvements there. And Mike mm -hmm. McGlinchey was well-renowned for his run-blocking ability yeah. and solid pass protector as well. Um, so they're, they're definitely building it to run. Pass protection still up in the air. We saw issues with that in the preseason. Issues of this line just not gelling. Um, communication issues. All sorts of issues with the offensive line that hopefully they're still continuing to mm -hmm. focus and work on. The digital improvements from week one to week two, and obviously we didn't see them week three of the preseason in the finale. Um, so hopefully that that trend of improving continues to grow. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm with you on that one. And I actually wanted to to bring another one. Eric kind of mentioned his name a little bit ago when we were talking about this this stream privately. Uh, Bilal Nichols, the the interior defensive lineman for the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, th- this dude's a hell of a run stopper, and he's going to be lining up as a nose tackle against Lloyd Cushenberry. And we all know the issues that Lloyd has had in, in the the in the past. So. Like that's that's another sneaky matchup to kind of keep your eye on. But Eric, I want to get back into this Hobbs versus Mims conversation. What do you think about that? Sorry, repeat your question. I was reading a comment real quick. Reading the comment. Well, I was just saying. Uh, first off, Bilal Nichols versus Lloyd Cushenberry in, in the running game. That's yeah. something to, to definitely watch for sure. And that's a favorable matchup for the Raiders. But I brought up Nate Hobbs and Marvin Mims. I'm curious your thoughts on on that. And then we got another chat here from Lawrence Rivera in a second. So, I mean, I kind of talked about it when you were having internet issues. Um, Nate Hobbs, he's a good corner this year. They want to go and use him more in the slot, especially in three mm-hmm. wide receiver sets. And when Denver – so when Denver goes into three wide receiver sets, which will still be a decent amount, and when mm-hmm. I talk about heavy two tight end, three tight end personnel, it's in comparison to the rest of the NFL. So still probably going to see about 50% or more of three wide receiver sets from this team. Mm-hmm. Yep instead of like the 60, 70 plus that we've seen in right. previous years, it's going to be lower in that it's relative to the rest of the NFL, just to be clear here. Um, so we're going to see him slide in, into that, into the slot and handle Marvin Mims. And when he does, you have Marcus Peterson, Marcus Peters likely going against Colton Sutton. And who is their second quarterback or their third corner? Technically. Uh, uh, um, Brandon Jason, it, uh, I think I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, let me pull it up. I, I have the roster pulled up in a second here. Uh, um, either, yes. either way, either way, that should be a good open up uh, lane for the Broncos with that with that third wide receiver coming in, Brandon Johnson, most likely. Um, but also is like you can run a lot of you know um, pull routes with with Marvin Mims, who you're going to be trying to pull safeties or pull linebackers because mm-hmm. a linebacker unit for the for the for the Raiders, it's not good. Um, their safeties they have it. They have a guy who's more of a um, down in your face safety, not necessarily a box safety, but you don't want him playing super far away from the line of scrimmage. And then you have a center fielder in Morig. So you can use Mims still even against St. Hobbs to help try and control coverage. Um, so while I do think that it is a favorable matchup for the Raiders, there there are ways the Broncos can work around that matchup. Yeah, I, and I don't disagree with you. And I think that utilizing the the deep speed over the top with Marvin Mims, Nate Hobbs is quick and he's twitchy, but he's he doesn't have that long speed that you really desire from a guy like that. Like you, uh, with Mims, he's a, a four three eight guy, I believe, coming out of Oklahoma. Like this dude is is fast, fast, fast. Uh, one of the fastest players on the Broncos, if not the fastest player on the Broncos on the roster currently. And it would be interesting to see a foot race between him and KJ Hamler. Nate Hobbs going deep is not going to be able to to hang up with uh, with Marvin Mims. And you're going to need Trevon Morig, uh, a player that I loved coming out of TCU a couple of years ago, who's one of for for what this Raiders team is right now, he's one of their better defenders, especially in a single high safety role, which they like to run a lot of free uh, single high free safety stuff. So you can dictate what um, what the Raiders are going to be doing, utilizing that speed, moving uh, more to one side of the field, and then utilizing another guy that I'm going to break down here in just a a few minutes and Greg Dulcich uh, over over the top and, and use, utilizing him over the middle of the field when you kind of split like parting of the Red Seas more or less. So uh, 
Well, I think that Hobbs and Mims underneath is is a favorable matchup for the Raiders. Um, what the Broncos can do to counteract that is utilize, utilizing the speed over the top with Mims to create more separation underneath. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Before we move on, we got a couple comments here that we got to grab. Um, Phil McLaughlin coming in saying, you guys think in 65, 35 run pass? No, I, th- I think, I think you know, like 55, 60 um, for the run. So mm-hmm. that, that's where I think is. Uh, 55 60 to 40 45 uh for the run pass thing um you just don't see teams break that 60 mark last year the teams that hit it that got closest last year were still at like 59 percent run mm-hmm. uh so I, I i just don't think that it's going to be that heavy but it's going to be a it's going to be more than what we've been used to over the over recent years yeah we have one Rivera coming in sorry grabbing a stars chat i'll let you talk on that here in just a second um he said and he says stars for his last chat last comment as well which is uh what's up broncos country it's chain snatching week who's got the most football to continue a keep to leave tradition alive i know i know that's not the footballs aren't like that but uh, yeah uh, i I... just to be safe we're not going to say what they actually are but we can get away with it with footballs right yeah, I, um, I think that's be fine. Kareem Jackson, I think, could be not necessarily like act physically taking somebody's chain, but setting that setting the attitude on that defense. That's Kareem Jackson. That's one of the things that mm-hmm. he can still do quite well. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the that that's a big reason why he's still back. First off, he, he got a, a very team friendly contract. He, it was a fourth year qualifying offer. The Broncos, I, I believe, is like one and a half million dollars saved on the salary cap just for having him back on the roster. But that's your dog on this defense. It's hard to be a dog at 35 years old in the NFL, and he's obviously lost a step. But when you need somebody to go out there and be the enforcer, it's going to be Kareem Jackson. Um, uh, I want to throw out a sneaky shout here to DJ Jones, maybe. Um, That dude is a monster on the inside, and he's always physical. He's constantly getting in everybody's faces. He's not like a guy to take it over the edge. He's not a keep to leave. I don't think that there's – really many players in the NFL that are a keep to leave in terms of that. He's definitely not a Kareem Jackson either, but in terms of a guy that's going to go out there and rough some stuff up after the whistle's over, DJ Jones has been known to do that in his time in the NFL. So that might be a sneaky one to watch to keep, keep your eyes on. But uh, 
I, I think that right now with the way that this team is set up with the, with the leadership that they have, uh, Justin Simmons being out there, um, obviously uh, guys like uh, Sean Payton, like the head coach being out there and really kind of controlling everything. We saw a big hit against Cortland Sutton against the the Rams in joint practices and Sean Payton, rather than, you know, like they, they nobody fought there. It was like tempers flared and whatnot. Sean Payton stopped practice and went out and said, Hey, that's not how we do things around here. We're not going to fight. We're going to practice the way we're supposed to practice. Everybody take care of each other and let's just calm everything down. So I don't think that the Broncos are going to have that change snatcher mentality this year, just because they're the culture has changed so dramatically with Sean Payton's arrival. Yeah, I definitely agree there. She's coming in. My only optimism to win more games this season is Sean Payton as head coach. I'm not convinced with this O-line and overall depth. Bowles looks declined. Powers and McGlinchey pass pro looks questionable. What if opposing teams just load the box to stop the run and double-team Sutton? Um, well, there's a lot to this, so I I'm going to sit here and unpack it, and then I'll pass it off to you, Lance. Um, not convinced with this O-line. I'm not either. Like It takes a lot for them to gel and everything like that. Uh, Powers really struggled in the preseason. McGlinchey got hurt in the preseason, and we didn't get to see him at all. And his history with in-pass protection hasn't been great. He allowed six sacks last year. Granted, four of them came in week seven and eight. And I think his career average is allowing like five or just under five sacks a season. Um, Powers, he did a lot better last year, and and hopefully he can sit there and carry that over. Bulls looking declined. Um it's tough because he what? absolutely he absolutely got thrashed against the Cardinals in the preseason opening, but he bounced back and he played a really good game mm -hmm. against the 49ers when he was out there on the field. We got to see he's got to play with consistency. That's the biggest thing with him. He he's never really played with consistency, and he's one of those guys that when one bad thing happens, it takes an act of Congress, for a better way to put it, to get him out of his funk you will start seeing him chain mistake after mistake after mistake. That's who he's been his whole career. So I don't think he looks the client. Yep. I think he's just what yep. he's been. Um, and then also coming to the fact that he is coming off a broken leg, not to use that as an excuse, um, but that is that does factor into it as well. And opposing teams just load and stop the run and double team Sutton. Well, then you still have Mims as uh, Mims flanking with his speed that can you know make them pay for that. So as long as you have that speed threat, you can't just load the box. You make them pay for that a couple times. They're mm -hmm. going to cheat the, cheat their coverage. They're going to cheat it and open up things in the passing game, or you're going to open up your running game. It's uh, can't right. just do one thing to shut everything down. Um, football just doesn't work like that. Now moving over to Broncos favorable matchups. We talked enough about the Raiders. Um, Raiders suck. They're going to lose. Um, they're going to go. It's going to oh, be they're going to go 0-17, and, and yet Josh McDaniels will still make a mistake and trade away the first overall pick so they don't even get Caleb Williams. Um, just throwing shots at Josh McDaniels in the tube because he sucks too. Um, so Broncos favorable matchups here. Um, I have a favorable matchup for the defense against their offense. Um, their right tackle actually had a pretty good season last year. Um, I almost went him against Randy Gregory, who predominantly rushes off the offensive right side, but he played well. Like the right tackle that played well last year. And then Colton Miller, he matches up really well with Jonathan Cooper and Frank Clark. For me, I'm going inside on this. I couldn't really find that one matchup in the secondary. Um, the linebackers as well. I just but Zach Allen against their right guard, Greg Van Roten, is an absolute mm -hmm. tremendous matchup 
for the Broncos yes, to take advantage of. You're you're absolutely correct on that one. Zach Allen with the with the the play strength that he uses the the um I don't know it's not twitchy but fluidity that he that he plays with. There there's enough lower half fluidity and the uh conversion of speed to power that he uses it, like it, it's not like a Draymond Jones but it's it, it's almost quite there like Zach Allen against Greg Van Roten and the the twists and stunts with the speed that they're going to bring off the edge with Randy Gregory and utilizing Zach Allen to just blow everything up on the inside that's that's a huge matchup for them but I also think that it, it, it's going to open up a whole lot of stuff for uh for DJ Jones uh, along the interior of the, uh, the uh, defensive line. I think that he's going to have a big game going against Dylan Parham at center. Like the, the, this, this matchup where DJ Jones and what he looked like in the San Francisco 49ers game uh, in the preseason, the, the, the limited snaps that he did have, this dude's a, a wrecking ball. He's going to come out here and absolutely destroy some stuff up front. And if, if DJ Jones is capable of taking on those double teams and, and ripping apart the interior of the defensive line, Zach Allen one-on-one against Greg Van, Van Roten, that's a, a very big winnable matchup for for uh, for the Broncos defense. I'm going to go back to the second level. Well, real quick, ahead, I, I want to go into and actually get into why I have Zach Allen uh, briefly here. Um, so, did you watch the Cardinals Ra- uh, Raiders game from last year? Did uh, I did not the- actually. I, no, I, I did not. I watched the uh, the it- Colts game and uh, the the 49ers game from the preseason to get a look at a guy I want to talk about here in a minute. All right, real quick. It looks like we have some Raider fans that don't understand that. Like, obviously, I'm gonna crap on the Raiders. Can't stand them. Rivalries, <laughs> part of the world. And then uh, Patrick coming in saying Aloha Divers. Well, up, Aloha team as well, Patrick. Um. Anyways, Zach Allen. When I watched that Raiders uh, Cardinals game, Zach Allen probably played his best game all season. He seemed to have everything down with their blocking assignments. He absolutely killed it in the run game. He picked up like five or six pressures in that game, if I recall. Like, he absolutely killed it in that game. By far his best game of the season. And that was with a guy who I believe was a better right guard than Greg Van Roten is. Greg Van Roten, mm-hmm. he's bounced around the NFL. He's allowed, like, um, I think six sacks in two years with the Giant or with the Jets. Um, like six sacks in two years with the Panthers or something like that, was just mm-hmm. a spot player last year for the Buffalo Bills, playing like not even 300 pass blocking snaps and still allowed 10 pressures, um, which is which is a high rate. And he's just not that great of a run defender. So Zach Allen is in a perfect spot to take advantage of this. But we got to see better from Zach Allen, though. This was mm-hmm. a terrible preseason from Zach Allen when he – um, over the first two games, got to see better for him. This is a good matchup for him to, you know, get back on track and show why right. he was so coveted by the Broncos. Yeah, and so it's crazy because if you talk to anybody that was at practice, uh, fans included, media members, they, they all lived like Zach Allen looks incredible going going against this Broncos offensive line. He looks absolutely insane out there, but then he disappeared against the Cardinals and didn't play very much against the 49ers and what he was out there he was bullied around and pushed like it was it was not a great showing for him so gives me some pause here on the Broncos interior of the offensive line and what uh Zach Allen brings to this team but I I think that I've got a better matchup here and the, uh, well real quick I gotta go, go ahead go I ahead, interrupt. Go ahead. Got, got a question here for you uh so uh L Mokalik I'm terrible uh, with names I will say that every yeah. single time 
El Mosalak, I think maybe. I, I'm not sure. The first time in the chat, though. That's that's a yeah, that's a big first time in the chat. The chat. And Thank I gotta you. say, Ahmed absolutely cracks me up. Best strategies for our tackles to pull a Taylor and ignore the rules. Did you catch that with Jawan Taylor? <laughs> I did. Oh my god, it was awful. dude he, never said. You just sit there and rocks. Like it, you, it, that's breaking the rules. You can't sit there and rock. You, your offense. He was never on the line of scrimmage. He was. He was so far back. That's not. That's not as big of a deal. Like they're the they're very lenient about that kind of stuff. But they're typically very enforcement of like you got to come to a still, otherwise it's a false start. Mm-hmm. But no, he's just sitting there rocking the whole time, almost every single snap. Like absolutely well, ridiculous. Like well, and and he had the 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 quick leg kick too. That right leg came off the ground way too fast, way too early, multiple different times. So he's rocking back and forth, and then he. Got I saw it a few times. To- I saw it a few times, and each time it was like the timing was like perfect with the snap. But like I only saw like maybe two or three two or three of those plays in a, a yeah, clips I, I watched because and it was there was and to be fair here it was a offensive line guy on Twitter who was specifically saying that these weren't false starts so of okay. course he's not going to pick the plays that would have been false starts to hi- to highlight there is it Jeff Schwartz that was it Jeff Schwartz no, you were no he, he wasn't he wasn't was thorny oh, I know okay. he he made some he made some tweets about it but he wasn't the one who had the video of it. Okay. Okay. But I, I thought it was a false start every time he picked his leg up. I'm like, that's, it, it might be perfect, but you, like, you're going to get a flag every now and again. Um, oh, the, and, the counteraction right. here. Real quick. Browning is on the pup list. He will miss the first four weeks at least. Yes. Yes. That's, that's a, a, an absolute fact. Uh, quickly, uh, just a, a one last little rebuttal on your, your key, um, defensive matchup for the Broncos. It's going to be in an advantageous position for them. Um, I think Justin Simmons versus Jimmy Garoppolo is going to prove some dividends this year, I, 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 especially this week. Jimmy Garoppolo over the middle of the field is is fine, and he throws with good timing and everything like that. But Justin Simmons, with what he's able to do with his positioning and making his and p- making plays on the football, he had six interceptions last year. Granted, a couple of them were probably pretty, pretty lucky. But this dude is one of the most savvy veterans at the safety position. If Jimmy if Jimmy G is going to work over the middle of the field like that and have those late throws that he likes to throw every now and again. This could be a big matchup for the Broncos with Justin Simmons maybe getting a pick here. I almost went Justin Simmons against Jimmy G, but Hunter Renfro. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Hunter Hunter Renfro is going to be his best friend, Um, like, without a doubt. Um, And obviously, last year, we didn't get to see Justin Simmons against the 49ers last year. Uh, He was out with an injury for that game. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, it's definitely a good point. I mean, he has a, reads the play very well. Uh, he always gets into position so frequently to, you know, pick off those passes and everything. Um, I just think that the oh, Jimmy G, he's going to be playing a little bit safer, not so much challenging in the middle of the field outside, like deep middle of the field, but he's going to be trying to take those like six, seven yard passes and just, you know, mm-hmm. game manage essentially. Right. Well, I think that the big thing here is the the crossing routes with Mayer. If if Josh McDaniels brings that with his offense, like they did with uh, with Gronkowski in in New England, where they run those deep cross, not really deep crossers, but the shallow crossers, the the, the yeah. ten to fifteen yard crossing routes. Justin Simmons is going to eat on that against Jimmy G because he doesn't force the ball into into tight windows well enough. And th- there's going to be an interception at least one time this season. Justin Simmons is going to pick off uh, Jimmy G on on that particular concept. I I I feel it in my bones, man. I really do. Um, well, I do have, I have in my bold prediction, which guys it's up. All of the MHH predictions are up at MA, uh, yep. milehighhub.com. Make sure you go check them out. In my prediction for the game, I do have the uh, Jimmy G throwing two interceptions. 
Nice. There you go. I'm I'm with it. And speaking of those bold predictions, guys, like Eric said, they are live. We're going to grab this last matchup that I have. Uh, speaking of my bold prediction here, uh, and this also ties into the bold predictions that we had uh, coming into the beginning of the season where Eric and I were practically in lockstep on this. Uh, Greg Dulcich is going to just absolutely hammer the Broncos this year in terms of receiving touchdowns. This dude is going to go off this year. He's going to lead the team in receiving touchdowns based on the usage of what Sean Payton likes to do with an, with an athletic mismatch like that uh, with Jimmy Graham over the, the course of his career. But this game against the Raiders is where it all starts because this Raiders linebacking core is absolutely garbage. And I did some film study earlier today, was watching specifically a player. He wears number 59, uh, second year undrafted free agent out of Wake Forest. His name is Luke Masterson, and this dude is lost in coverage like you cannot believe. He bites on every play-action fake, crashes down towards the line of scrimmage, opens up a lot of holes in the zones behind him, and if they get Greg Dulcich lined up in the slot and he's one-on-one against uh, Luke Masterson, this is going to be a, a freaking track meet for Greg Dulcich in this game. I love this matchup for the Broncos offense. Absolutely love it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good matchup for them. And not even just against him, against all three of the linebackers that they yeah. have. Yep. Yep. Divine Diablo, he's just a big safety out there, but he's not he's solid in coverage, but he's not great. His and his coverage usage is very has been was very limited last year. And then their other um other linebacker, Robert Spillane, he was not much better than Luke Masterson was last year. Luke Masterson allowed 20 catches on 22 targets. Um, Robert Spillane allowed 42 on 50 targets for almost 500 yards mm-hmm. and three touchdowns. Like it was, th- those linebackers are not good. They're opening themselves up. And like Adam Trotman, he's tight end one, but we know what Greg Dulcich is as a player. And the biggest reason why Trotman's tight end one is because of his ability as a blocker. We're going to see Greg Dulcich in the slot a little bit. I would not be surprised at all. And this goes back to your Mims Hobbs um, comment earlier. I would not be surprised if we see Hobbs going up against Dulcich a little bit. Yeah. Like yep. just to try just to try to limit him because you can the Raiders cannot have one of those linebackers against Greg Dulcich. But doing that is then you're opening them up, opening up Marvin Mims. So like mm-hmm. anything that you can do, the Raiders can do to help try to deal with one potential issue, I think just opens up another for the defense. Um, the offense is actually pretty decent. The offense should do all right. You got to slow down Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, I've said this before. I'll say it again. He's 7-0 against the Broncos. He's been with the Raiders for eight games, didn't play in one of them, which was the last Broncos win. Um, So got to be able to slow him down. And uh, But then you still have Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro. But at least in this case, the Broncos have better matchups for it than the Raiders yeah. do. Yes. Um, which is the big reason why I think that the Broncos walk out with this one and walk out with it pretty easily. Me too. I I, I predicted a uh, 27 to 19 victory and I'm not going to spoil Eric's prediction here. Uh, make sure you guys go and check that out at milehighhuddle.com. Uh, I do want to give one more point before we get here to, uh, to Kevin um, over on, on uh, Twitch, something that we watched last season and specifically talking about Greg Dulcich and Marvin Mims and what the Broncos could potentially do with him. 
Last season, one of the biggest things that uh, that Nathaniel Hackett was able to actually do was utilize KJ Hamler and uh, Greg Dulcich on the same side of the field, lined up next to each other, because the vertical stretching the field aspect of both of those players' games, the speed aspect, is opened up so much room for both of those guys to catch uh, long passes. Uh, go back to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars game. I wrote up a film breakdown on Greg Dulcich on that particular game and that was one thing I noticed every time Dulcich was open down the field KJ Hamler was lined up right next to him so I think that the Broncos have a great mismatch opportunity here with Marvin Mims who has that deep speed you can line up next to Greg Dulcich and the Broncos are only carrying three healthy wide receivers on the roster right now Dulcich has to be a big focus in the passing game today which this this week which is why I think he's gonna have a huge game against the Raiders and as funny as this comment is uh Kev um, Tom McMahon last year, his Raiders special teams unit was actually like top eight in the NFL. Unfortunately, um, after all the crap that we saw with the Broncos, something they did was right. And then Jesse Hilborn, I got to grab this comment because, ah, the memories of this one last year when we played Jimmy G in the 49ers and he stepped out of the back of the end zone <laughs> for his safety, wasn't the most, uh, aware, aware quarterback in the game being at that game. At that end zone um, was so awesome because that was the same play. He ended up throwing up or throwing the ball up, and Bradley Chubb caught it and ran it in. And they still were celebrating, like literally, like fit what felt like 15 feet away from me. Super awesome. One of my favorite memories in life that doesn't deal with family stuff. Um, so I. I didn't realize like, that you were in that end zone. When, so I knew that yeah. you were at the game and I knew you were sitting like, like what, three rows up or something like that. I didn't realize you. You were in that corner of that particular end zone. That's yep. that's awesome, man. That's such a great and like for you. if you're watching if you're watching the thing, you can see my fat butt sitting there in my ugly Broncos Hawaiian shirt. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> yeah, I mean you're you're not wrong. Like Jimmy G has a tendency to be late getting rid of the ball. He has always had awareness concerns out um, out there. That's why it's always been so important that he has a safety net of receiver. Which again, mm -hmm. Hunter Redford, that's it for me. But so glad you brought up this play because it just brings back the memories there. Um, same game where uh, Jonas Griffith's cousin or brother um, came jumping down and knocked me over into the people in front of him because he was his brother got an interception and he was celebrating it. Uh, but yeah, it was fun to be at the game. Excited to be at the Packers game this year. Um, but but the, really, the worst thing is. Go ahead, finish finish your thought. I, I just one last thing. Well, really go ahead. Out. I was gonna. I was gonna. Okay, so the, uh, the 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 unfortunate aspect about that play was while everyone was celebrating the touchdown in front of you and everything like that, the touchdown didn't count. That, that was that was a negative was four a safety, point yeah. swing. It was a safety because <laughs> you stepped out of the damn end zone. Like, I, I, sorry, I just and I wasn't that, that, that wasn't funny. that the play that Trent Williams got hurt on too? I think so. Yes, I think so. Yes. Yeah. So I'm fairly uh, certain we, it was. But guys. Um, we, we still have a little bit of time, chat. so if you guys have any burning questions, we do have one here from Troy Boer, our great friend. He says, hey, guys, can't watch now, but wanted to support. Have a great show. Well, hopefully you Thanks, guys uh, hopefully you uh, are able to listen back and all that later. Um, Todd Ossendorf saying the 123. We have 147 people on our end and only 17 likes. Um, it doesn't always update well for us on our end, though. Um, and then Savage Boy Kev coming in. Of course, there's there's a there's a gif of this. My favorite memory from Eric is reaction to Ayoma Uwazarika getting drafted just for him to disappoint. Hey, he started to put things together his last season, but dude was an idiot. Started betting on games that 
the Broncos are playing in. Like, mm-hmm. I know there's that big thing we got in that heated discussion a few weeks ago. At that time, we didn't know he was betting specifically on Broncos games. It was just betting on NFL games. Um, I do stand by the fact that he will get a chance with the Broncos next year. It's up to him to take most of it. If they weren't going to give him a shot, they would have cut him already. Um, but that's for another time, another place. Yep. Um, real quick before we get out of here, anybody in the chat who's planning on being at the meet and greet on October 22nd against the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, Will you guys type know. that in? Let us know. Um, and while we get into that, Lance, let, let's do this. Um, one bold prediction for the Broncos defense against the Raiders well, this week. One. One bold prediction against the Raiders. So one bold prediction for the Broncos defense against the Raiders offense. Um, yeah. I, I think uh, Justin Simmons gets one of those picks you're talking about uh, in, in your prediction there for the uh, um, the MHH roundtable. Um, I, I think Jonathan Cooper is going to have a day against Colton Miller. I, I think two sacks from Jonathan Cooper this, this game is going to be something we see. This, I'm so proud of the development of Jonathan Cooper and what he was able to do. I mean, he had open heart surgery and was like projected to be a third or fourth round pick coming out of Ohio state. He had the heart issue and they, they got it all taken care of fell to the Broncos in the seventh round has rotated his way through and won the starting job. Uh, he's listed as the, the edge number one. We actually have a question here. Um, who's going to be the starting edges. I uh, just crap. My stream just uh, refreshed on. There, uh, so from Randy Garcia, who's your starting edge rushers, Lance and Eric? The starting edge rushers are set by the Broncos. It's Randy Gregory and Jonathan Cooper. This dude has worked his Sorry. ass off. Well, the, the first two guys that are going to be on the field anyways. He worked yeah. his ass off and, and, and came back from um, the, the, some of the worst trials and tribulations, showed up, worked out, did everything he did, growed and developed and turned into a player that I think is going to lead the team in sacks this season. That's my bold prediction for the season. Jonathan Cooper is going to have 12 or 13 sacks this year and lead the team. So what's your bold prediction for the Broncos offense against the Raiders defense? Broncos offense against the Raiders defense. Uh, Greg Dulcich, two touchdowns. That's 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 my that's my prediction for uh for the MHH roundtable. It's up there again, milehighhuddle.com. Uh Greg Dulce is gonna catch two touchdown passes against the uh the Raiders and the Broncos are gonna win 27 19. All right. Well, Rodney Garcia is saying that he wants to go. There's still time if you can make it. I know that it's not yeah. you know the most affordable thing for everybody to do, especially depending on where you live. Trust me, I'm bringing me and my brother this year, the expense for that. Oof. As well as tickets for him, myself, and <laughs> the ugly mug on the show with me, uh, Gary Palmer. It's going to be good to see you there. It's going to hey. be uh, it's great to meet you last year. GLP. Um, Patrick is saying that no meet and greet Disneyland vacay for my daughter. It's not that far, you know. Good for you, dude. Not that far to you know go from Los Angeles to Denver. Just saying. So which now? Nah, which one? Is enjoy which? Disneyland, it, like. <laughs> Disneyland's in, in LA and Disney World's in Orlando, or is it the other way around? That's the way. Okay. Disneyland's in LA, Disney World's in Orlando. Um, man, have a good have a great time. That's one of the things that That's my awesome. wife and I are looking at doing in the next few years with our daughter. We want her to be old enough to where um like she'll for sure remember it, but not old enough to where she's gonna hate it and spending time with her parents. Um, so just will have a few more years for that. Um we got Savage Roy Kev. Lloyd Cushenberry becomes a top 10 center. I don't that's think that's going to happen in one game. <laughs> like, I don't think it's going to happen, period. Uh, <laughs> but especially not in just one game. Um, so <laughs> no. Let's, uh, 
what's what's the song by Milky Milky Chance? I believe is who it is. Uh, I get high like Colorado. That's this take. I I, I have no idea. Uh, Rodney Garcia seeing <laughs> the three Ryan touchdown. Seven to boy Kev, one hundred fifteen yards. Who are who is your sack leader for the game, Eric? I think Eric, no, no, no season. I want yours. I want your game leader and season leader. Go. I just gave you mine. Go. Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory. Okay. Okay. Going chalk. I, I like it. I like it. It's, uh, it's obvious. So uh, my, my big my big thing here is if Randy Gregory stays healthy and plays, let's just call it fifteen games. Miss a game with a with a tweaked ankle or something like that. Whatever. If Randy Gregory plays fifteen games, he'll have twelve or thirteen sacks too. This dude's special. Like he is incredible. Yeah. My my bold prediction for the season is, you know, with the caveat that he's got to stay out there on the field, um, right. has to play more than 12 games on the season. Um, if he does that, then I do think that 12 plus sacks are entirely Absolutely. like in it. Yep. Doug coming in saying Russ throws for 300 yards. Um, I think between 200 and 250 personally, as they, as they kind of focus on uh, the run a little bit. Joe says he's going to tell you right on the 22nd, man. Um, That'd be fun. Years ago, I did a. I th- and you guys can Google this and you actually can find a picture of me. Um, I did Shakespeare in the park for a summer when I was living in, when I lived in Colorado for, well, stayed in Colorado for a summer and Telluride was one of the places we went. We stayed the night up there. Absolute beautiful area. Absolutely loved it up there. It was probably one of my favorite places that I visited. Um, just oh, ridiculously beautiful. The thing that sucked though, was I had to make ride all the way back, basically in the trunk of a car from Telluride to Grand Junction with no stops um, afterwards. Um, so that, that kind of sucked a little bit about that. Now, I guess uh, we didn't really uh, get my bold predictions for the Broncos offense or the Broncos defense. My bold prediction is that the Broncos approach 200 total yards rushing. With what with okay. Samaj P. Ryan breaking a hundred, um, okay. and my bold prediction for does Samaj P. Ryan get a touchdown? Because we've got a guy in here, uh, Rodney Garcia, saying uh, P. Ryan's going to yeah. score a touchdown. I think he breaks a hundred yards, but it's kept out of the end zone. Okay, okay, so just, just to make it a little bit extra spicy there. Um, and then my bold prediction for the Broncos defense is they hold Josh Jacobs under a hundred yards, and they sack Jimmy Garoppolo seven times. Whoa, seven times. I was going to go four. Like, four would be bold. Like, seven. Okay. Okay. When I say bold, I mean bold. Hey, give me the smoke. Give me all of the smoke. Give me all the smoke. Uh, Savage Boy Kev jumps in here. He's like, Lance, we need a memory from you this year, man. Uh, The Marvin Mims pick. Go back and check that out. When the Broncos selected Marvin Mims, I wasn't quite as excited as Eric. I was like, yes, yes, let's go. I was was excited about that. Um, But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to provide you something here kevin and uh hopefully i uh hopefully i can live up to the billing there um oh, uh, let's see that, sorry i was just trying to pull that off um eric uh i said i wasn't gonna you know what never mind i'm not gonna do it. i was gonna say uh, what was your score prediction go check it out guys go check out our article everybody's thoughts is up there the entire staff has their bold predictions and score predictions for denver wins the, by 21 uh, points I won't give the exact points. score, but I'll say they. W- I have them winning by 21 points. Okay. Okay. All right. I. I th- is there anything else that we want to grab here, or we're at uh, our time? We got to get. We got to so get about. We got to get out of here. You know, we're, we're going to lose Facebook here shortly. Um, it's been a fun show. Thank you guys for the chat. We appreciate you guys every week and joining us and listening to us bicker and me complain and yell and you know all that fun stuff. <laughs> 
Well, thank you for uh, running the so the show solo there for a few minutes and and holding down the fort as I had the. Uh, oh, you owe me big time for that. I apologize for that. I know, especially after what happened. I'm not going to give the full details of that, but especially after what happened um, to me a, a few days ago. Uh, anyways, guys, it's it's been great to get back out here and, and to talk some Broncos football with you, uh, boost my confidence up a little bit. Thank you all for joining us here on a wonderful Friday evening for Dove Valley Deep Divers Podcast. Uh, you all can find us on Twitter by following me, first off, uh, at Lance S underscore MHH, and for Eric, at Eric Trickle. Notice the CK and Eric and uh, the EL in Trickle. Uh, also, guys, while you're at it, please follow at Mile High Huddle, where you guys get breaking news and analysis regarding your Denver Broncos. Uh, everything that goes up at milehighhuddle.com goes onto this Twitter handle as well. So you get the um, film breakdowns, opinion articles, anything that you can want to potentially have for your Denver Broncos content, you can find it there at Mile High Huddle. Uh, Facebook supporters, please go over to facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Uh, that's the podcast account on Facebook where you just join up with everybody in the community. It's a great way to have conversations. I know we're in and out of there as well. Uh, it's, it's a great place, a great community to, to be a part of. Uh, and just get your Broncos takes out there and continue the conversation. Um, guys, if you're not financially able to do so in terms of supporting the show, like uh, Super Chat Stars donations on Facebook or even hitting the, the merch tent at MHHmerch.com, please, the three things that everybody should be doing now, we've been preaching it for years and years and years, subscribe to Mile High Huddle on across all of your social media platforms and especially where you guys get your podcasts, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Apple Podcasts, doesn't matter. Subscribe to Mile High Huddle. It's a great way to support us. Like every video and article you guys see across all social media platforms. And if you love it, please share it in front of as many Broncos fans, all your family and friends as possible, because without your guys' support, we couldn't do what we do best, which is cover your Denver Broncos. Now, Eric, uh, I know we just said we got to get out of here, but I want your last thoughts, man. Any last words? Yeah. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Hope the Broncos win. I hope everybody enjoys the game. Um, and of course, stay safe, don't drink and drive, especially uh, you know, go leaving from the game and everything like that. Be smart, be responsible, enjoy the game, have a good time, and let's be back here, you know, a week from now so we can celebrate a bron uh, the Broncos win. Yeah, absolutely. A Broncos win against Raiders and then break down the uh, Broncos game against the Washington Commanders. Uh, also, and go see you, what, 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 go see you, go see you. The, the Buffs play Nebraska see you tomorrow. Who? Uh, yeah, see the, the Colorado Buffaloes. Come on, man. Dude, uh, so I, I wanted to put this in here earlier, but if you're if you're a Broncos fan living in the Denver area, you're probably going to be a, a fan of the Colorado Buffaloes, one of the most hyped up programs that we've seen in a long time with Deion Sanders at the head coach. Uh, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm 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 slowly becoming a CU fan myself, living in Wyoming. Uh, but go see you tomorrow. Big, uh, big fight against the uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers. Going to be the most watched game on Saturday, I guarantee you. Uh, but anyways, thank you all for joining us. We appreciate you for being here. You all stay safe and take care. Have a great rest of your weekend. And as always, go Broncos. We will see you guys same time, same place next week. You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson.